you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Michael Fabiano, and uh, Graham Barfield and Marcus Grant are off this week. So, you know, I figured I'm not going to do this solo. I'm going to bring in one of the best in the business. Okay, so this is a treat not only for, for me, but for you. Bob Harris, one of my best friends uh, in the industry and overall in life itself from Football Diehards and Sirius XM is going to join me. Bob, what is up, my brother? So you couldn't get one of the best, so I'll do. Uh, that's, Would you that's stop perfect. it? I did <laughs> no, get one of the best. Yes. Uh, and, man, I'm always, uh, always glad to jump on and uh, spend a little time with you, Fab, uh, that is fighting close to the 2020-2019 season. Uh, I know. In Super Bowl 54, so uh, ready to roll. Yeah, and uh, of course, behind the glass, our faithful producer, Edward Murphy. Murph, how'd you like that game yesterday, buddy? It was fun. I mean, it, the first half flew by. I don't know if you it felt did. the same. It did, it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It like it was like an hour. Yep. And, you know, 10, 10 and halftime. And then obviously, uh, you know, everyone knows right now has been crushing Shani, going, you know, up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Had a uh, pretty wild finish. The last few minutes definitely made up for that that quick first half. But yep. all, overall, pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, 31-12. I, I thought the Niners were going to win, and it looked like they were going to win at one point. But, I mean, this was the Chiefs' like whole MO during the playoffs. Get down, come back, win the game. So congratulations to the Chiefs and Andy Reid, uh, who wins his first Super Bowl, his 222nd career victory on 202, right? Little uh, yeah, 
little little ironic there. Uh, a little I would coincidence hold her there. Vino Matt. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fantasy football. I mean, come on. So yeah. let, let's go through the Super Bowl here, uh, and maybe some things that we can learn. Uh, for the 2020 fantasy football season. By the way, uh, I'm releasing my way too early rankings today. You're going to be able to see those on NFL.com if you want to check those out. So the Chiefs win it 31-20. Patrick Mahomes, 286 yards passing, two touchdowns, also rushed for a touchdown, had 29 yards on the ground, and won the MVP, which I feel like is kind of BS because Damian (laughs) Williams should have won the Most Valuable Player Award. I mean, Mahomes wasn't great. He did throw two interceptions, um, but he, he certainly got the job done. Mahomes still the number two quarterback behind Lamar Jackson for you going into 2020, Bob? Yeah, I suppose he is, which probably precludes me from drafting him. You know, I mean, I think most of us in the industry are late quarterback drafters or wait as long as we can and try and hammer the value at other positions. Um, I'm not I – mean, look, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson seems to be a different, you know, this a little bit different level because of the floor he brings with that rushing ability. And, you know, it's not just his rushing ability. It's the Ravens' willingness to to utilize it, you know, maximize his, uh, you know, his value in that way uh, with, their, with their scheme. And, and I think that's the, the big thing to me about Lamar Jackson is the way the Ravens bought into him wholeheartedly, right? And everything he does embraced his abilities. Uh, designed their offense around him, building the offense around him. I think they'll get better next year. I think he has room to grow. I think Patrick Mahomes has room to improve on this year, obviously, just by staying healthy. Um, so, yeah, they're they're clearly the top two. And then we'll be looking for some of those guys that uh, have a chance to, to make a jump. And uh, and I'll be hoping someone overlooks Dak Prescott for longer than they should. Yeah, uh, especially with Mike McCarthy coming in there, too. Dak uh, should remain uh if not a top five fantasy quarterback, very close. Now, I mentioned Damian Williams. What a game. Four catches, 133 <laughs> yards, and two touchdowns, and basically put the game on ice at the end with that uh, with that touchdown. And he, he doesn't win the MVP. I don't get it. I Listen, I guess, you know, whoever the qu- quarterback is on the winning team is going to win it regardless, but uh, I don't know that uh, that, was, that was very fair. But <clears throat> Damian Williams, I mean – Six career playoff appearances. He's got 11 touchdowns. I mean, this guy goes off. And we saw this at the end of uh, last season, 2018, where in the second half of the year, injuries open up the opportunity for him. He comes in, goes crazy, has a great postseason. Now we go into 2020. Williams is under contract uh, for another year. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch. I think that's all you need to know about LaShawn McCoy and what he could be uh, in 2020, wherever he's going to be playing. And I don't know that it's going to be in Kansas City. But I, where do you draft Damian Williams next season, right? Because like a lot of us, including myself, <clears throat> it was a no-brainer. He was in a great spot. Andy Reid has produced some great fantasy running backs during his time in Philadelphia and now in Kansas City. But he wasn't all that during the regular season, and then he turns it on in the playoffs. Does that increase his fantasy value in drafts? Uh, well, it did last year, right? I mean, that, his last year's late season, you know, playoff run as well, uh, and the fact that the Chiefs, you know, went ahead, went ahead and, and extended his contract, resigned him at the time. I think it was in December last year, um, or the year before, actually. Now that we're in the new year, uh, so <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people were overdrafting him or drafting him based on that late season run. They'll be a little disappointed. I'm hoping it just drives the price down enough to make them a viable play. But there's running backs that, you know, or, you know you're, you're hoping you're, you're drafting the offense as much as you're drafting the player. Uh, we're going to all be watching carefully. I think they'll address the position 
this offseason, whether it's in free agency or draft. We'll see what happens there. But I do think Williams is going to be a viable component. I just think, you know, I, we saw him last year go in, like, third round. I think it, I wasn't in, it wasn't, you know, insane to see him sneak into the end of the second round if people were really into him. So, I think those days are over for him, even with a strong late push again. I think fantasy owners will go, I've seen this movie before. Yeah, and we've also seen some good stuff from Daryl Williams when he was healthy. Uh, Darwin Thompson also in the mix, even if McCoy yep. is no longer with Kansas City, which is, is likely the case. Tyreek Hill, nine catches, 105 yards, has a big game. Now, you know, Tyreek, during the offseason with all the off-field stuff, and he still had a, he still had a pretty good season. Now, going into 2020, where do you have him ranked among wide receivers? I mean, I don't know if you've done your early rankings already, but, I mean, is he a top-five wide receiver for you uh, heading into 2020? As you mentioned, you know you're drafting the offense, mm-hmm. you're drafting the town here, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes comes with that package. Well, I think, you know, I, I don't, it's hard to see him slipping outside, out it, too far into the third round, right? Yep. So, I mean, depending on how your draft goes, one of the things that is of some concern to me is, look, it's not his ability, it's not what he's capable of, it just seemed like, you know, the double-digit targets weren't coming on the regular last year in case, in fact, they hardly came at all once he returned from his early season injury. And that's, that's the concern for me. Maybe, the, you know, maybe he can build on that this year. Um, it just seems like there are other ancillary pieces there, whoever they might be, whether it's Nicole Hardman who's going to, you know, continue to rise a little bit in prominence. We'll see if Demarcus Robinson can. We'll see what Sammy Watkins' future holds. He had some interesting comments on that last yeah, week he as did. well. Yep. So, you know, including the possibility of sitting a year out. I don't think it's going to come to that. I think it might come to taking less money to stay in Kansas City, and maybe he's okay with that as well. But, you know, Travis Kelsey is going to be the focal point of this passing attack, and to a degree, the running backs are going to have a, a role as well. So that, my, my concern is not so much about Hill and his abilities. It's just is he going to have that super high-end role that a true wide receiver one has when we're dealing with guys that are going to be commanding those double-digit targets on a weekly basis. Yeah, and in my in my wide receiver rankings, uh, in all my positional rankings, I put uh, auction values in there. Man, there's a lot of really good wide receivers, dude. I mean, a lot of good ones. I, I, hell, A.J. Green's my, my wide receiver 24th, and if he ends up in the right spot in New England, uh, if Tom Brady comes back, I mean, geez, Louise, he could be uh, a bargain as well. So uh, Tyree Kill, yeah, he's he's not going to get out of the third round uh, in most drafts in 2020. Let's move on to the 49ers now. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not not the best performance in this game. Um, if he hits Emmanuel Sanders on that deep pass for the touchdown, maybe we're talking about the 49ers uh, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy and not the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we know Garoppolo is is not going to end up being drafted until the late rounds as a QB2 if he's drafted at all because a lot of people, you know, we wait on the position. It's so deep. There's going to be guys off the waiver wire. We're going to be able to play the matchups if you're in smaller leagues, 10-team leagues. But let's talk about that backfield because they're always, always – is a viable fantasy option in a Kyle Shanahan backfield. And this year, and ended up being Raheem Mostert. Outside of Tevin Coleman's four-touchdown game, he kind of disappeared, then he was hurt. Mostert led this team in touches yesterday with 13, had 60 total yards, and a touchdown. And, and I get it. You know, Coleman's still in a contract. Uh, do, you, do you put all your eggs in the Mostert basket for 2020 if you're drafting a 49ers running back? Do you believe Tevin Coleman etches out a bigger role in 2020, or is this a backfield that's going to be so confusing with Matt Breida, although I believe Breida might be an unrestricted free agent and have to look that up. Uh, is this just going to be too much of a confusing backfield for you to have any faith in? Uh, no, I'll have some faith in it because any of them can, he's going to be restricted this year, by the way, uh, Breida. So, okay. um, I, 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 
look, a lot of times in cases like this, you know, you've got three guys. Maybe I just go for the cheapest piece, right? I let other people maybe overspend or uh, move a little more aggressively on the higher end pieces, and I wait for the cheapest or the cheaper pieces. Mm. You know, something, you know, like with Chris Coughlin last year. Look, I love that offense. Like Bruce Arians going in. Uh, thought Mike Evans was going to be pretty good, and he was. But, I mean, you have two you had a, a choices there. And I tend to go with the cheaper one, and, and, and that's, that's kind of a, one of my default positions. So, in this case, I don't know if I want to go all the way down to Brita. Maybe I want Coleman or Moser. But maybe I wait and see which one goes off first, and then I go after that. Yeah, Moser, I mean, he had a tremendous uh, run here in the postseason. You know, he had that one game where Coleman took over, but – uh, he was a little bit banged up, missed a little bit of practice, and then you know, obviously in the in the uh, in the game against the Packers, I mean, he absolutely just went bananas. So, um, one player that a lot of us in the industry are going to be going gaga over, we're already starting to go gaga over him, is Debo Samuel. He actually had three mm-hmm. carries for fifty three yards, had five catches for thirty nine in the game uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. Is it is it safe to assume that Debo Samuel is going to be one of the top five potential wide receiver breakout candidates uh, for twenty twenty? Yeah, I think so. I think he demonstrated what he's capable of. And it's as much his usage and his kind of chess piece role in that offense, right, for Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Uh, and, you know, not just carrying the football and catching it, but, I mean, they're, they're always moving around in motion, using him in ways to, you know, find out, get defenses to reveal what they're, you know, to undisguise their coverages, et cetera. And so I do think he's a guy, he's a guy I invested heavily in in Dynasty heading into this 2019 season. Uh, feel miserable in at least one league where I traded him away. I had a lot of faith in him. He just seemed like a, a good piece for Kyle Shanahan, and it's turning out to be that way. And by the way, on Hill, I mean, I think people are going to spend more on Hill than maybe I'm willing to, and maybe I'll get more comfortable with him. But those those target totals, if you look over the course of the season, is concerned for me. And Samuel, I think in his role, um, you know, he's going to be a – a, a very cheap guy, but I think he will be that team's wide receiver one. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders uh, slated to be an unrestricted free agent, so we'll see what happens there. George Kittle had a very quiet game, four catches for 36 yards. Really thought that if the Niners were going to win this game, he'd have to have a bigger uh, game, especially, I mean, 36 yards is not going to get it done. Uh, d- didn't get it done in the red zone. And I was very surprised, you know, give credit Kansas City's defense for, for shutting him down. But we can both agree that George Kittle is going to be one of the first two tight ends drafted in 2020, but between Kelsey and Kittle, who is number one? Yeah, I think, you know, if you're trying, so, I mean, we're going to basically work off what we think Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And we know what that is, right? He wants mm-hmm. to, he wants to support that run. And Kittle's about, you know, a very valuable part of the rushing attack as well, but we just don't get points for it. So uh, that's, I think that gives Kelsey the edge. Uh, again, as I mentioned with Hill, I think Kelsey is still going to remain the focal point. The front, the, the, the tip of that passing spear in Kansas City, uh, at least in terms of the, the reliable targets. So I probably have a slight lean to him, although we've seen, we've seen what Kittle can do. I mean, so great after the catch and, uh, and also. I mean, they're definitely going to be the one, too, but but it's going to be Kelsey for me. And you're going to have to probably sink a second or third round pick. Uh, yeah. I think a second round pick to get Kelsey for sure, and then at least a third round pick to get George Kittle. So it uh, really depends on what your strategy is there. I like to wait on the tight end a little bit more, so I won't get either one of those guys, but certainly going to go one and two, and I would agree with you that Kelsey would be the number one. So, Eddie, I want to get you involved in here now, uh, getting into more of the, the fun parts of, of the Super Bowl, right? Because the game is, is obviously at the centerpiece. Uh, of what should be a national holiday and kind of is uh, at this point. But 
the best Super Bowl commercial. Now, for me, it was a no-brainer. It was the Groundhog Day commercial with guess who? I love me some Bill Murray. I love him. I've always loved him. Dating back to Stripes and Cat. I mean, I love Bill Murray. Anything that he does that's comedic, I love. Lost in Translation. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, but uh, that one, that one, iconic role. The I know, and, was fantastic. Uh, uh, that, so, <laughs> so, but that for me was the best one, right? What do you guys think? What was your What was your favorite commercial from the Super Bowl? Um, the Jason Momoa one where he took off all the yeah, parts one, was, but it but was it did look funny. but it did look CGI like you could tell like oh, no, I know mean, it did but I it thought totally it was pretty did, funny because yeah. uh, he's a likable guy obviously I'm a big fan of uh, you know Game of Thrones and he was Aquaman, yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. He, he's great um, yeah. the other one that I uh, wasn't really funny but I enjoyed it because of what's to come is the Disney Plus uh, MCU commercial about oh yeah. Uh, WandaVision, Loki, and then um, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, the uh, the new shows that come on Disney Plus with, from Marvel, and I thought that was awesome because I wasn't really expecting that. So I guess, yeah, Mo would be the funny one, and the one I'm excited for was that uh, that trailer for the for the TV shows. Yeah. Bob, what about you? Yeah. I'll, I'll buy, you know, the, the deep commercial was great throughout Hawk Day, and uh, the Momo was fantastic. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. I love the Tom Brady just for the level oh, yeah. of trolling that came along with yep. it. It's very difficult for me uh, to not just first of all that you know component one the the tweet and watching Patriot Twitter meltdown and <laughs> you know, reporters race around and of course you're only in the rabbit port you know and Mike Garoppolo began reporting I think on Sunday that oh, this was part of an ad don't you know or maybe it was Saturday so. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, and I just liked the way they played it out and his little line at the end was, uh, was, was a lot of fun. So good stuff. No, I, I love that one too. That was great. Now the halftime show, um, I enjoyed it. Now, I'm, listen, Bob and I are the same. We, we, we're cut from the same cloth. We both are metalheads. So <clears throat> my, you know, my dream sort of halftime show would never happen. Right. I mean, it would be. It would be Metallica. It would be Alice in Chains. It would be Motley Crue. It would be. It would be like you know, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison. Which I'm going to go to the that show, which is going to be going on over the summer. I think I'm going to go to the San Diego show, um, down at Petco. So, so we're never going to get like the show that we want because we're old school metalhead guys. I enjoyed the halftime show with Shakira and J Lo, but I will say, it was a lot more provocative than I thought. I mean. The kids were watching it. You know, we, we had people over. The kids were watching it, and the kids were looking at us, and we were looking at each other, and like, all right, I, I seen it. I seen enough of you know, J Lo and, and Shakira's. You know, I'm not gonna say, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Easy there, Karen. Right. I mean, the manager is not coming to help you here. It was a little. <laughs> I, I, okay, I mean, it was good, but I, I th- that surprised me a little bit. Uh, you know, first of all, let me say, you know, it's uh, as an older gentleman, it's great to live in an era of age-appropriate hotness, and uh, <laughs> and I I will revel in all of it as it comes to me. Uh, again, you're right; it's not necessarily my music. I will be a total liar if I said anything other than I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, I'm, I'm guessing you enjoyed it for some other reason than. Uh... The music, um, but it, it was it was a good performance overall. A very a very fun Super Bowl uh, competitive, which we kind of all thought the Chiefs did what the Chiefs do. They get down, they come back, they win the game. Good for Andy Reid. Good for Patrick Mahomes. I feel like uh, he probably is going to be there again at some point in his career. I mean, what is he? Twenty four years old. I mean, he's he's oh got a, he's yeah, got a long you know, time in the in this league. Some, 
just, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm just, you know, as we kind of anticipate looking ahead, I mean, is they, is they are years of great quarterback play. I mean, some of these young quarterbacks that are coming into the league and some that are coming into the league, I think, uh, and and the team's willingness to buy into their talents, as I mentioned with Lamar Jackson, we're seeing, we saw the same with Kyler Murray, uh, hoping for a huge drive for him. Very impressed with what we saw from Daniel Jones. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it seems to be a capable playmaker. So, yeah, a lot of young quarterbacks out there that we're going to be very excited to watch, but none of them, uh, you know, any more exciting. I mean, you put Jackson and, and Mahomes on the same level, mm-hmm. but, boy, watching Mahomes with those comeback playoff wins, I yep. mean, what an exciting player for that we're going to enjoy for years to come. I mean, very obvious, especially with, you know, some of the kids that are even coming in. Burroughs at – when, when you look at fantasy rankings, you're going to see guys like who who have been elite for so long, like Aaron Rodgers and you know Philip Rivers and, and Tom Brady, ranked you know outside of the top ten in some rankings. And you see these kids moving on up. It's an exciting time for the NFL. Obviously, the the elite players have have established themselves and and have made an impact and are going to go to the Hall of Fame. But now you've got a whole bunch of young guys coming in, guys who who are game changers like Lamar Jackson, who is. You know, to me, the second coming of Mike Vick, and maybe he's going to be even better than him uh, during the course of his career. We're seeing more running backs who can run with the football. We saw that with Mahomes uh, in the playoffs and yesterday as well. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. So that's our wrap on the Super Bowl. Um, congratulations again to all you Chiefs fans out there, uh, the ones who live in Kansas or Missouri, whichever state you live in. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. The Donald gotta gotta wonder where his brain is at some point. All right, Eddie, let's do some news. Let's do the news. So Bob alluded to this a little bit already. The, the Tom Brady scenario, right, where Tom Brady posted that cryptic tweet on social media. I believe it was probably on Instagram as well, and we were all thinking, okay, is he walking into the stadium is he walking out does this mean he's leaving what's going on and um it all becomes uh, a big gaff for uh, hulu i believe right and tom brady yeah. says at the end of it that he's not going anywhere and he's going to be back 42 years old uh the news is that if the patriots decide to not bring brady back that the now we can say this the las vegas raiders i, I don't know how many times i'm going to mess that up uh, in the in the next six or seven months, but the Las Vegas Raiders are going to have some interest in bringing in Tom Terrific. What do we think about uh, that, Bob? Along with the Los Angeles Chargers, it might be more appealing to Tom yes. Terrific given the supporting cast. But I think that's what it depends on. There's a lot of reporting, uh, you know, uh, leading up to Super Bowl that Brady is looking for that thirty million dollar, you know, payday kind of thing. And but other people are dialing back on that thing. It's more about what the Patriots do to build around him. Um, and that's a little problematic, right? Because, you know, the free agency is something they have to wait for as well. And that Brady has to they like a decision for Brady before then and uh, then make their plan. So they're, he's going to have to have some confidence in and what their plan is in, in terms of acquiring and assembling talent around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, all that said, it's just hard for me to think that that he he thinks that you know his best chances of success are with another team. And if at this point in his career he's as interested in you know winning another championship as he is in making money, I don't know that any of those other teams offer him a better opportunity. Just given the circumstances in New England, it's hard to imagine that. Even you know a talented cast and 
in Los Angeles doesn't insure anything or Tennessee or wherever it might be. Right. So yep. that would be my concern for him, you know, is, is uh, you know, just looking at it is what, what's his ultimate goal. If it's another championship, is it new England? And again, this is all going to hinge on Bill Belichick. We know Robert Kraft will do whatever it takes to keep him. It sounds like, uh, I think ideally Brady would like to remain there. So maybe Belichick will be the, the fly in the ointment here. You know, and of course, I've already mentioned AJ Green is going to be tied to the Patriots. He's an unrestricted free agent, and the Patriots desperately need that number one wide receiver. Julian Edelman is getting up there in age. He broke down a little bit physically, as good as he is. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be able to keep this up. He needs to he needs to get some talent around him. Uh, you hear rumors about Greg Olson uh, once the once the Panthers uh, and Olson have decided to sort of part ways. Olson becomes a name that's going to come up for the Patriots as well because they were severely lacking at tight end without Rob Gronkowski, and I mean any team would would be severely lacking when you would lose a, a guy who's a Hall of Famer like Gronk. So we'll see. Uh, i tell you one guy who's probably a little bit pissed off right now, Derek Carr. He's like, hey, man, I didn't play that bad this year. And and, 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 and and now I got to deal with rumors about Tom Brady coming to take my job? Derek Carr can't be, be very fair, happy right now. To be fair, Derek Carr does not take this kind of stuff especially <laughs> well, right? Yeah. He needs to grow that skin a little thicker. Yep. This is part of the deal of being an NFL quarterback. I did like the uh, – ProFootballTalkLine.com line, uh, line where it was, uh, you know, if, if he needs to move out, maybe Tom Brady will buy his house next <laughs> to the house he bought next door to John Gruden. So uh, a little bit ruthless there. But look, yep. it's, it's a funny business. And, and honestly, I mean, we've both been doing this long enough to say, you know, nothing would shock me. Things might surprise me, but in the end, nothing would shock me. I mm-hmm. mean, as much as I expect Tom Brady to be playing, you know, remain a new England, new England Patriot, uh, you know, any destination. I mean, if it, if it, when it comes down to it, you just kind of go, well, that's how yeah. it works. I'll tell you one thing though, the free agency is going to be fun in this off season, uh, especially the quarterback yeah, position, quarterback. you know, when you're looking at, you know, Brady and, and I think ultimately he's going to end up back in, in new England, uh, Phillip rivers, uh, you know, Drew Brees is a free agent, although I, I can't see him playing in any other uniform, but a, a saints uniform. We'll see what happens there. See so James Winston. Uh, what, right. One. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, James Winston. I mean, where's he going to end up to, uh, one player that is not going to be on the move is Dak Prescott, and uh, that, that's pretty obvious. Uh, there's a report the Cowboys are very likely to franchise Dak Prescott uh, this offseason. Um, the franchise tag would give Prescott about $27 million uh, tag here in 2020, and then, of course, the Cowboys also that they want to they want to lock him up long term. Dak Prescott was the number two quarterback in fantasy football this past season, yep. and very – I mean, he, he still doesn't get the, the respect that he deserves. He, he, he certainly had some stinkers uh, during the course of the season, but he still had a lot of big games. Dak Prescott, and you mentioned this earlier in the show, Bob, Dak Prescott is somebody that, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm, I'm going to be targeting him in drafts because I feel like he's going to fall into the, the middle rounds to the point where I'm feeling comfortable about taking a quarterback, and Dak Prescott could be there. Right, I, I, th- I think that's totally true, and that's what, you know, there are a handful of guys I always, you know, try and get, you know, targeted for that later round. And then maybe I'll look for a young up and comer, you know, and, and, and I mean, and you can succeed with that strategy. If you, if you can land a Lamar Jackson, you know, as you head into the double digit round, maybe, you know, this year, I don't think like guys that, that are on the rise, the Kyler Murray, I think people are going to be a little more aggressive with players like that. So that maybe pushes right. Dak Prescott down a little bit. Of course, you know, it is uh, the first uh, day after the Super Bowl. And I'm hoping everybody is free, as uh, you can tell by some of my uh, pricing suggestions so far. But 
Well, look, I, I mean, the, you know, the optimism is there. We know what the kind of turnover is in the top 10, you know, from year to year. And I think we all need to sit down, do some careful evaluations of those things before we start locking guys in at the top of the list. But, mm-hmm. but Prescott is a guy that is on, that is regularly overlooked in drafts. And uh, maybe some of this has to, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do with Amari Cooper. You know, uh, I'm not sure maybe you know or not, but I mean, with the, the changing CBA, I, 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 they get the transition and franchise right. tag this year. So yep. they, they could, they could tag both those guys yes. and keep them both. I'm hoping they keep them both things. And Cooper picks up the pace a little bit, and that'll be a factor in Dak's value as well. Yeah, Dak's going to be in that tier with like Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. Um, I don't know if right. I put Jameis in there with all the interceptions that he throws, but uh, that, it's going to be interesting to see where those guys go. Uh, that trio is very, very close in value. Russell Wilson in there as well uh, after right, James, the big James, three. If, look, if Jameis stays in Tampa, I mean, you know, I don't see any reason not to value them the same way, interceptions at all. I mean, uh, they're going to keep throwing the football. It is a live and die scenario because Jameis got me to a couple of championships, and then in week 16, he tanked. I mean, tanked uh, against Houston. I remember it was how many yeah. picks did he? I mean, so Jameis, I, I have him ranked eighth at quarterback right now, <laughs> which it's crazy. But I mean, like he throwed for five thousand yards. Bruce Arians is going to continue to throw to football. You can argue that the Buccaneers have the best duo of wide receivers in the National Football mm-hmm. League, and Chris Godwin and uh, and Mike Evans. So and hopefully yeah, they'll improve that, that backfield as well. So, yeah, I, I, I don't. I think that's pretty much in line with where you're going to see him right now, at least heading into the offseason. Yeah. Uh, NFL Network, our pal uh, Ian Rappaport is uh, reporting that the Browns want to, quote, move forward with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens is gone now, so the trade rumors have sort of slowed. I have OBJ, and, and some people may think this, is, th- this isn't fair to Odell Beckham Jr., but hey, listen, he's coming off of a very disappointing season, and, and that's even an understatement. I have OBJ ranked 16th, and I think that's a fair ranking. Uh, he's right around A.J. Brown, Corlin Sutton, Devontae Parker in my rankings. What are we expecting from OBJ? Because this guy has long been, I mean, locked in as a second-round pick, and now you're looking at him third or fourth round? Yeah, I, th- I he's definitely outside the top 10 wide receivers for me. Look, he's every bit as talented. He's always been. Some of this is going to develop over the course of the offseason as we see what kind of offense uh, Kevin Stefanski's putting in? You know, if, it's, if this is something like what we saw in Minnesota, and there's, you know, ample reason to believe it will, that he's learned well from Gary Kubiak, and he has this fantastic running back in Nick Chubb, uh, that doesn't preclude them from passing. It makes them a better play-action team, and that was something we saw with uh, Kirk Cousins this year. And if you dig into the numbers a little bit, I mean, there were stretches where, especially as a play-action passer, Kirk Cousins was almost unstoppable. It worked in favor of his wideouts. Maybe we see a similar thing, and maybe I'm being overly optimistic. Either way, Beckham is going to be a guy that I'm targeting in draft just because I'm going to get a discount, right? And it, it, how much of a discount I get is going to depend. I, I'd love to get him at the price you're like, Matt. Yeah, uh, he's, he's certainly fallen. And, uh, you know, the Browns aren't bringing in Eli Manning. Right, Eddie? Nope. I mean, your guy, your pal, you know? So, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be at the helm of that offense, and um, hopefully there are better things ahead under Stefanski uh, with Kitchens no longer in the mix. And think about that, too. I mean, for, for a coach who everyone was so high on, and that team was supposed to be the team that competed against the Patriots, has there been a quicker and bigger fall from grace than Kitchens in the last year? I mean, uh, think about it. Be- 
he was he was he was coaching arguably you know one of the two or three most talented teams in the AFC, and now he's the tight ends coach. <laughs> like right, <laughs> right. I, mean, I think we're about to talk about Antonio Brown, so uh, he he might be in the race with here as well. But that's but look, true. I think look, this is going to create value, right? And this, this is I mean for every disappointment. Uh, someone's going to come out a little bit ahead. And, you know, mm-hmm. certainly nobody who drafted Baker Mayfield as a top five quarterback last year is going to have anything to do with him uh, this year. I mean, his price is obviously going to fall dramatically. And, you know, if it drops down to the range where I can get him and another reasonable quarterback, maybe there's still some upside to Baker Mayfield, especially given the, the talent around him. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Antonio Brown. He did an interview with ESPN's Josina Anderson and uh, apologized to the NFL for being basically a jerk uh and and maybe that's putting it lightly uh over the last several months just a lot of weird stuff going on with antonio brown where you're, you're kind of looking at you know his the state of his mental health because he didn't seem like a guy who's got you know all, all 52 cards in the day let's put it that way right so mm-hmm. do we expect antonio brown to be playing in the national football league in 2020 um i i don't but but again nothing surprises me and talent you know, is such a valuable commodity in the NFL. People will overlook a lot. There are, there are some, you know, issues clearly to be resolved legally, and they're not inconsequential matters. They're not inconsequential charges, uh, you know. So so there's a lot to go. My expectation is we've seen the last of Antonio Brown as an NFL player, um, and, uh, and, and I say that hoping I'm wrong. I feel like if you're in a best ball league and it's – way early in the off season and he hasn't signed with somebody, maybe you take a flyer on him. But I mean, at this point, I still feel like there's going to be some sort of discipline from the NFL. Um, and, and if that does come down uh, Antonio Brown's way, who knows how he's going to react to that. So um, uh, talented guy, a guy that, what's that? Initially. Yeah. I know how he'll react to that. Poorly initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So. so we'll see. Uh, last thing, it's not so much news. It's something that I kind of got involved with. Uh, if you watched uh, over the weekend, ESPN did an interview, Max Kellerman and uh, Booger McFarland, with Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey is coming off one of the greatest seasons in NFL history for a running back. I mean, I'm talking about LaDainian Tomlinson-type numbers. I'm talking about Marshall Falk-type numbers. And I thought that Booger and Kellerman – thoroughly disrespected Christian McCaffrey. And if you haven't seen it, you can find it on, on online. It's, it's on Twitter. It's everywhere. And, um, you know, I tweeted out that I felt like it was disgraceful the way that they treated Christian McCaffrey, because basically they had both said, Oh, well, you know, you're, you're a great all around complete running back, but I'd rather have Zeke Elliott, or I'd rather have Saquon Barkley, or I'd rather have Todd Gurley. And, you know, Booger had said that he'd rather have a guy who could pound the ball rather than have a, a running back who can catch it. And McCaffrey looked at him and was like, what, what do you mean? I, 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 can't, I can't ground and pound. Like, what, what are you talking about? I mean, he's been doing it since he was in college. And so McCaffrey actually liked my tweet saying that I thought it was disgraceful and that it was disrespectful and it was uncomfortable. Molly Karam, our pal, uh, who used to be on NFL Fantasy Live, said the same thing during the interview. And Booger, unbeknownst to me, follows me on Twitter. So he sent me a, a DM and he didn't like the fact that I had used dis- the word disgrace. Um, and, and so Booger and I, I mean, it was, it, it was, it wasn't, uh, you know, something that was, that was, uh, you know, an argument or we were kind of just going back and forth on our DM and, and, 
you know, I, I'm thinking, dude, this guy is coming off one of the best seasons ever, and you're saying you'd rather have this guy, you'd rather have this guy, whatever. But, I mean, Zeke also caught 77 passes a couple of seasons ago, so he is clearly a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And Booger said that, well, I'd rather have a guy, you know, who can ground and pound rather than catch the ball. McCaffrey's the most complete back in the league, and, I, and to his credit, I think he did say that. But this sort of brings up a, a, a fantasy conversation, right? And we're going to move into this. Um, coming up next, we're going to do a quick first-round mock draft. If you have the number one pick in 2020, Eddie, I'm going to give this one to you. I'm going to give this to Bob as well. Are you drafting McCaffrey or Saquon? Because these are the two guys who are going to be one and two in some order consensus, I believe, in the 2020 fantasy draft. So, Bob, who do you got? Uh, as things stand now, you know, I'm going to lean to McCaffrey, but there's a lot of unknowns for – well, there's more unknowns for him – than there are for Barkley, right? I mean, the the both coaching staff changing. How much adjustment would there be to the offense? I know who Barkley's quarterback is. I know have a pretty good idea of the supporting cast around him, uh, how high end it could be. But I mean, I think the quarterback questions in in Carolina and just you know what we're going to see from that offense going forward. I'm not saying that it can't be great, and I'm not saying McCaffrey won't be great. But I'm saying it it, it leaves some uncertainty, as, you know. And I say that after saying I'm going McCaffrey first. What about you, pal? I mean, Ms. and you're a Giants fan. I, I know. I was gonna say I'm a Giants fan. This may be a lame answer by saying I think you're happy with either of them. Um, but kind of like to piggyback off what what Bob said, there are a lot of unknowns in Carolina. Obviously, they have a new head coach there, Matt Rule. You don't know if Cam's gonna be the quarterback. Whereas the Giants, they have the fourth pick in the draft that could be offensive line help. They have nearly like 70 million cap space that could add to the offensive line and other offensive weapon helps. Um, Saquon had a really good season with a really bad team around him. They have Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. They just hired uh, Burton Burns, who is a uh, part of Alabama. His program and like Mark Ingram has raved about him on Twitter saying he was the best running backs coach he's ever had. So there are a lot of good positives in New York right now. And I'm not just saying that as a biased Giants fan, but you have to feel pretty good about Saquon heading into 2020. So if you have, and, and you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll close the news with this. Um, we're going to go into a first round mock draft and I'm going to give you the first overall pick. Okay. So we're going to go PPR because PPR is standard and no one plays standard anymore. It's just uh, nobody that I, uh, that, that I know. Um, if you have the number one overall pick in 2020, and we're going to do a first-round mock here, uh, are you going Saquon over CMC? Just to make this fun, I'll say I want to take Saquon. Because okay. I, I right. not that I think uh, CMC is not deserving. Uh, maybe it's one of the situations where if the offensive change with whoever the quarterback is, or maybe you never know, he may get banged up a few games. He, he may just have a really good season, but not as good as last year, whereas I think Saquon could improve off of this last season. And I think there are, again, with the fourth overall pick, cap space, new coaching staff, there are a lot of good things, uh, good signs for Saquon. So for that reason, I will uh, I will take him first overall. I see that smile on yeah. your face, dude. <laughs> I'm I, listen, dude, I mean, like, I, I mean, McCaffrey's probably going to be the consensus, but Saquon was the consensus in 2019, right. and he was he was awesome at the end of the season. Like, he, if you survived the injury and sort of that lack of production that you were expecting from him and you got into the playoffs, Saquon, I mean, he, he rolled you into a championship. Yeah. I mean, he was that good. Also, I mean, Daniel Jones in his second year, if he improves and just starts, you know, uh, 
get, have a more of like a chemistry, like a rapport with him. Like there's a lot, there's just so many things that I think will help Saquon going into next year. And I, again, not saying that McCaffrey will, is going to disappoint. Mm-hmm. It's just that they are, there are more question marks with, I mean, they're losing Greg Olson. Like there's just so many pieces that the Panthers, I feel like need yep. where the Giants are in a little bit of a better scenario. And again, I can't trust this enough. Fourth overall pick, 70 million in cap space. That will help them immensely. And the, and the, the Giants, that offense could end up being pretty decent. I mean, they've got some talented guys that Evan can ever, Evan they, Ingram could ever stay healthy. All their starters, you know this, they have not played one game together. Yeah, I know. I mean, Sterling Shepard, Golden, I mean, like, uh, Slayton, 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 I yeah. think, is a rock yeah. player on the rise, but yep. I'll be targeting heavily this year, so, yep. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, all right, Bob, so I'm going to give you the number two pick. Is it as simple as CMC? It is as simple as CMC. Like, at some point, you know, the talent, I, I, I believe coaches are all relatively smart chaps, and uh, the incoming staff will uh, certainly realize what they have in McCaffrey, and there are some solid weapons on the outside, some dangerous threats. Uh, capable of uh, of keeping opposing defenses at least a little bit honest if they get any kind of quarterback mm-hmm. play at all. Yeah, uh, so I'm up at number three, and a lot of people are going to say Michael Thomas here. I'm a running backs guy. Michael Thomas is coming off of, I mean, one of the greatest seasons ever for a wide receiver. It's the magical season, and I think the regression is going to come. I don't know if Drew Brees is his quarterback. Probably he's going to be, but I don't know if he is. Uh, maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater, but Bridgewater's a free agent as well. I'm going to go Zeke. Because, and it's not because I'm a Cowboys homer. I'm, I'm going to take the best running back here, and Zeke is the best running back here. Uh, you know, 77 catches a couple of seasons ago, the most durable, reliable running back that we've seen over the last few years, you know, outside of the suspension. This guy is, is in there giving you 20 fantasy points a game, and I think he's going to continue to do that with McCarthy at the helm. Of course, Kellen Moore will continue to be the OC there in Dallas. The, ru- the, the running game is always going to be uh, – top notch for the Cowboys if you I mean hell dating back to like DeMarco Murray and Darren McFadden I mean remember Joe Randall Bob like everyone yeah. was on Joe Randall because he looked like he could end up being the guy for the Cowboys that one year and he was getting drafted pretty highly as well so um Zeke Zeke is the guy for me at number three so uh at number four are you going with Thomas or are you going to stay with that running backs theme uh, I think in this scenario, you should probably go Michael Thomas. Okay. Four. Yep. And I feel like Thomas is going to be a, t- a yeah. consensus top five pick, even though, I mean, he's not going to go out and, and, and break his own record. He is still amazing. Right. But he's I mean, still four amazing. Years, 470 catches. Oh, yeah. No, he's ridiculous. And, yep. Right. And, yeah, don't see anyone else there. And I, you're right. The quarterback situation will play out. I expect Breeze back. But I yep. have not turned out Teddy Bridgewater can carry him for a year while they figure out what the hell to do with Casey Hill. So yeah. I like that. So. Uh, I'll go ahead and go to Alvin Cook. I uh, love the fact that uh, Gary Kubiak moved in into that offense coordinator role. Mm-hmm. Uh, his offenses are, are money for running back. Yet, uh, we'll see if Alexander Madison can, can chip in a little bit more this year. And even if he does, uh, Dalvin Cook is, is just such a dynamic threat. Uh, yep. I, I can't stay away from it. Yeah, and at number six, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara, and some people may not like that. He's coming off of a disappointing season. He was still a top 10 fantasy running back. Uh, a lot of it really came on the the strength of his finish because uh, he had – there was, a, there was a, a, a several weeks where he didn't score a touchdown, and everyone's wondering, what the hell's going on with Alvin Kamara? Uh, just was not producing in the stat sheets. And again, heck, guys, the Super Bowl just just concluded yesterday, so a lot of things can change uh, between now and August when people start kicking up these drafts. But I still feel like Alvin Kamara, a guy who is going to catch the ball out of the backfield consistently in an offense that, if it is 
going to be Drew Brees coming back. We'll continue to be explosive. Um, Kamara's going to be my guy here at number six uh, in PPR format. So, Eddie, you're up at number seven. This one's tough. I'm between a few it is guys tough, here. Right? Yeah. You, you could either kind of reach on a running back, or you could take a receiver that uh, that I think I may go. Uh, let's just go with DeAndre Hopkins here. Nuke. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna take Nuke here because I don't I don't want to reach if I'm if I'm team uh, what is it team seven I don't want to reach on a running back here so go with uh, one of the top receivers in the game. Okay, so two wide receivers in the top seven. Bob, you're up at number eight. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Derrick Henry and uh, really enjoy the late season surge he has while I to hold off on my complaints <laughs> the first half of the season. Exactly. And and that's that I, like Derrick Henry's, you know, been tremendous and uh he's also a, a free agent um coming into the yeah. offseason here too. So we'll see what happens there. But that's like the big complaint with Derrick Henry is that the yeah. Titans don't they're not giving him the ball 30 times a game in the first half yeah. of the season. What they're doing is they're sort of managing his touches in the first half of the season and then in the second half, especially late you see him just getting the ball right. constantly. He outproduced, out what, Todd Gurley's entire season in the last eight games. Yeah. He outproduced Alvin Kamara's entire season in the last eight games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to steal yourself for that. And and maybe they'll make some adjustments going forward. Almost, though, I hope they don't. I'll, I'll get by until the second half. Yeah. Of the I mean, you look at his numbers. In his first eight games, he scored more than 18 fantasy points once. And that was in yep. week one. And then in the second half of the season, 24.9, I mean, those are bananas numbers, and the touches uh, go up exponentially. So if you can sort of ride, ride that wave in the first half where, you know, he's going to put up good numbers, not great numbers, and then the trend has been in the second half, the Titans are going to ride him um, into, the, into their hopeful playoff push, which they did successfully. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they did with Ryan Tannehill because Tannehill is also uh, a free agent coming up, could be franchised, or maybe the Titans end up going after a guy like Phillip Rivers. We'll see what happens there. So, um, so I'm up at number nine, and this is, this is one of those picks that I make but there's a caveat, all right? Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb, but I'm only going with Nick Chubb assuming that Kareem Hunt is no longer on the Browns because if he is, then I don't think Nick Chubb is worth a first-round pick because he's played out of the passing game almost completely. His touchdowns went down. He only scored two touchdowns when Kareem Hunt came back. He had six before Hunt uh, had returned from the suspension. So, uh, And Kareem Hunt is a free agent coming into the offseason. So as a fantasy guy... I'm hoping Kareem Hunt goes somewhere he could be a featured back because, hell, if he lands in the right spot, he's going to get drafted right in the same sort of tier as Nick Chubb because he's that good. And you could argue that he's better than Nick Chubb because he's a much better pass catcher. We'll see what happens. There's a a little bit more risk with Kareem Hunt because of his off-field nonsense and – uh, he got into a little bit of something uh, recently as well. Hopefully that's not going to affect his status going into 2020. But this is one of those scenarios that you're going to have to watch during the offseason because if Nick Chubb is the featured back for the Cleveland Browns, he is a late first-round pick in all drafts regardless. And if Kareem Hunt lands, you know, I'm just going to throw a team out there, Houston. Hell, he's mm-hmm. he's a first-round pick. He, he is easily yep. a first-round pick. So the 10th pick, the last pick in this draft – is uh is going back to you, Mr. Murphy. Uh, there's a few guys I had in mind here. There's a you know obviously uh, Josh Jacobs, great rookie season. He's in the mix. I think Joe Mixon now. If you know, presumably they're they Mixon's take Joe, interesting. They yes. take Joe Burrow. The offense looks a lot better. It's more uh, lanes for for Mixon. It can create more an offense. But I think um, the way I'm going to go here is 
Devontae Adams, and I'm taking him over some someone like Godwin just because mm-hmm. the constant is Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers will throw the ball to to Devontae Adams, and we all know that Rodgers has not been the Rodgers of old, but yep. he will find a way to get uh, Adams the ball. So I think that's the, probably the safest pick or the best value pick you can probably get a 10 here. All right, so uh, yeah. just to recap, number one, Saquon, two, CMC, three, Zeke, four, Michael Thomas, five, Dalvin Cook, Kamara comes in at six, Nuke at seven, Derrick Henry at eight, Nick Chubb at nine, and Devontae Adams at 10. So we've got... Uh, seven running backs and three wide receivers, two of which were taken by you, Eddie. So there you go, pal. Yeah, a little receiver. Uh, That's right. Receiver happy there in the, in the surprise first pick. Yeah. All right, let's wrap things up uh, with, with some Twitter questions here because when I listen to Bob Harris, and I listen to Bob Harris all the time on SiriusXM, uh, Bob, I mean, you want to talk about spitting out answers to questions on social media or wherever else. Bob Harris is the king of doing that kind of thing. So you know what? I'm going to – I have Bob Harris right now in my pocket. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use this knowledge. I'm going to have a little fun. So uh, we sent out a tweet last week, and I did it yesterday as well. So we'll answer a few questions here uh, with with our friend Bob Harris. Uh, first off, uh, we have a question from Dan Harvey off of Twitter. Is Sony Michelle undraftable next season, Bob? No, Nobody is undraftable. It's all about the price, people. And so you're talking also to someone who invested heavily and Sony Michelle this year. What we're going to do is we're going to sit down and see what kind of discount we're getting on them and see they're, they're obviously Rob Gronkowski's departure was, was a, was a big hit for the running game. And, and so was the injury to James Devlin, the fullback. I mean, that seemed to be an issue as well. Um, and uh, hopefully they add some weapons around him. I'll be looking for a really, really steep discount though. Uh, it's safe to say. So not undraftable, but the price is going to have to drop crazy i mean he's if he's a running back i'd like to get him as a running back four but maybe running back three yeah yeah a a lot of questions i mean down the stretch again sort of the patriots utilized him a little bit more uh he had a he had a bunch of carries didn't necessarily do a whole lot with him but uh yeah sonny michelle is a guy that i mean it's bellatrix is back in new england with that backfield situation all right right i mean he, he goes from a two to like a three slash late three early four for me uh, next question is from Matt Rust. He needs to keep one wide receiver, and he's got three good ones. Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, or DK Metcalf? Can only keep one, Bob. Uh, I'm going to keep Cooper, uh, and uh, but I'm hoping to, that Matt's deadline is not until after free agency because I'd like for him to remain in Dallas. I think he'd be a good player anywhere. Look, yep. There's a lot to be said for DK Metcalf. Uh, a young player on the rise. If you're a building team and maybe you need to make some moves and you can trade Cooper away and get some picks in return, maybe then I would go with Metcalf. I love Cooper Cup. I love that offense. Um, but people disappear at times in that in that scheme, it turns mm-hmm. out. Uh, so uh, that's the only reason he's at the bottom of this list for me. Uh, another one from Gavin. Uh, he's asking, is Melvin Gordon the most overrated player in the NFL uh, Gavin says, yes, he is. So I guess the question is not where would you draft Gordon? Where would Gordon have to end up because he's a free agent? I don't know that he's going to be with the Chargers because uh, Austin Eckler looked damn good as a, as a feature back there for the lightning bolts. But where can you see Gordon ending up where he could push for early second round value? Uh, Houston. Yeah. Tampa. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, you know, those jump right to mind, I guess, you know, 
hell. I, I mean, it, whoever ends up in Arizona, if it's not Kenyon Drake, if Drake moves on, I mean, I, I don't know that I expect a huge rebound from David Johnson would be the problem. I expect him to be there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would just say Gordon pretty much anywhere he lands re- is going to remain a running back too. Uh, you know, and probably a lower end or mid range running back too in, in terms of draft value. And maybe that rises a little bit if he gets the right destination. Yep. Uh, next question is from Fantasy Wire HQ. If Greg Olson were to end up in Washington following Ron Rivera, where would you rank him among, among tight ends? Uh, how, how many tight ends are we ranking? <laughs> <laughs> he would be down pretty low. Look, I mean, nothing against him. And, and it's, you know, we think of that Washington offense. Well, it's not going to be that Washington offense anymore where it ran through Jordan Reed or whatever tight end. They were heavily involved. They have some evolving, some emerging playmakers, certainly on the outside, some young talent that's pretty impressive, starting with Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. So uh, I, I would, he would be well outside draftable range for me. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Jordan Reed, you know, there's the chance that he could be cleared to come back in 2020, but the Redskins could also save, you know, over $8 million if they release him during the offseason. And unfortunately, you know, Jordan Reed's a guy who, with all the talent in the world, just cannot avoid injuries. And uh, Yeah, all I don't my know late-round he... best ball picks last year were, were, for, were for not. But went went but totally. What, you know that going in with him, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, what if Olsen ended up with the Patriots? I probably still would not have him inside my top, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be a top two, you know, a top, he wouldn't be a draftable commodity for me pretty much anywhere he lands. At this yeah. Point. Okay. So Bob is uh, off the Greg Olson bandwagon. Very interesting, but it's going to be a very interesting off season, man, with all these free agents. Now you're going to be talking about the combine coming up. You're going to be talking about free agency coming up. Who is going to go where the speculation is going to go just insane at the quarterback position. It's going to be a lot of fun. I talked about this last week on the podcast that, the running back position could end up being very deep, very deep if the right things happen. If Tampa Bay gets, you know, David Johnson and, and he becomes the featured back under Bruce Arians in, in, in a reunion there um, in, in Florida. If Houston ends up with a Melvin Gordon uh, or if Kareem Hunt ends up leaving Cleveland, leaving Nick Chubb to be the featured back in Hunt himself becomes a featured back somewhere around the National Football League. Then you've got some kids coming in uh, via the draft, and we've seen uh, running rookie running backs, especially making impacts, um, just right out of the gate. You know, and Jacobs was the was the best uh, uh, you know example of that in, in 2019. So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, just a quick uh, housekeeping note here: we are going to be doing a podcast now once a week. Um, and of course when free agency gets crazy combine, that kind of thing, you know, maybe we'll do an additional one. We'll see what happens, but, uh, we'll be doing one podcast per week. Now there's always going to be news. There's always going to be stuff going on in the off season. So, um, make sure you keep tabs on that. I'll be tweeting it out. Marcus and, uh, Marcus is actually going to be out for the month of February. He is taking his uh, paternity leave, um, which he didn't take when his son was born. And Graham will be back next week. Graham is actually, I think, in the Bahamas right now, sunning himself. And uh, while we're freezing our asses off in Los Angeles, for those of you who don't live in L.A., two days ago it was 80 degrees. Today it was so freaking so windy outside. It's like 50 degrees. It's crazy. <laughs> and I know a lot of people are, well, you live in Los Angeles. Stop <clears throat> complaining. That's true, but I'm just well, telling I, you. I have to say I was pleased. Uh, I love this company you all work for. You had uh, the ultimate 365-day-a-year <laughs> reality show yeah. rolls on as I was watching Good Morning Football this morning. Uh, conspicuous 
were the advertisements for the combine upcoming. Of course. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, and it, look, I mean, that's what I love about this, uh, about this sport. It is, it's been a year round job for me for 27 years now. And it keeps getting more intense. Yep. And, um, Thank you, Mr. Harris, for joining uh, joining us today because it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, we'll be able to do this again in the very near future. Uh, and I know it's the offseason. You know, fantasy football is not at the forefront. A lot of people getting ready for fantasy baseball drafts. I have uh, I have a couple of drafts coming up here as well. But uh, where can the folks out there find you, both uh, on the Internet, on social media, and, of course, on SiriusXM? At Football Diehard on the social medias, you can find me on the footballdiehard.com website where we will be working and following all this good stuff year-round, have lots of pre-draft and draft content, uh, as well as total coverage of free agency. And, of course, on the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, uh, it is off-season, ultra-season mode, I call it. We go to Saturday nights, uh, 7 to 9 p.m., and we will be digging deep on tons of dynasty stuff, me and Mike Dempsey, uh, my co-host, uh, who yep. is a avid dynasty fan, mm-hmm. will be grinding away and digging deep on teams. We'll be covering a couple teams every week and really digging deep on them and finding out what the plans are. Yeah, and make sure you guys check Bob out uh, and Mike as well, uh, two of the best in the business. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Eddie, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. We will see everybody next week. Uh, enjoy that Super Bowl hangover, and we will have more fantasy football talk next week on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope you join us. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.